Welcome to the Hanging Banners Podcast with your host, Tyler Witt. Jack Coachman. And here he is, having the time of his life. And Ryan Sartori. Maybe short, but he's thick. <laughs> that's, that's thick with two C's. And we're back. Episode 14, Hanging Banners Podcast. I'm Ryan Sartori, joined by Jack Coachman and Tyler Witt. And we are your hosts for this show. Uh, Tyler, you had said something about you woke up feeling the cheesiest as we were getting ready for this podcast. <laughs> I feel like your memory is a little fogged because I think that was you. <laughs> no. But So you're just going to go ahead and throw me under the bus. I thought this was the yes and show, and now we're going the no but show. Well, we are technically enemies right now during college bowl season. So Right, that's right. Okay, oh. and officially we need, to, we need to address this because a couple of weeks ago on the show we had said that with Purdue and LSU going up against one another in their bowl game, that there has to be some sort of something put on the line between the two of us, right? And so if LSU wins, I'm going to make Tyler host the show. Kind of the role that I play, the mediator and whatever. If, if, if LSU wins that game against Purdue, I am going to make Tyler mediate the show. He has to run us in and out and make sure that we're running on time. And whatever the final time of that podcast is, the final time of that podcast is. And Tyler, I'm hoping that you've schemed something up for me. I have actually not, but (laughs) I think, I think, I think enough punishment. I mean, for me would be, you have to drive down here and buy my Buffalo chicken cheese fries from Mr. Sub. That's fair. Okay. I feel like that's a pretty fair, pretty even. That's a fair exchange. Yeah, except, you know, yours would, would not include any dollars exchanged, but, you know, screw it. I would like to point out, too, that if anybody is listening and is like, oh, I'm going to do a bet with a friend on a Purdue versus LSU, these two guys are not looking at uh, betting lines. Uh, this is a little lopsided in one person's favor, but they're both manageable, both manageable. I, LSU I am, has 14-point favorites, I think. Oh, yeah, and they should be. With- right. It's the top offensive players on Purdue have opted out. Aiden O'Connell, Payne Durham, and Charlie Jones all opting out. Very tough to, tough to hear for me. So I have just been preparing the episode that I'm going to do. Yeah, and yeah. Make sure you got all your words right, pal. Yeah, well. Got to shake out it, the cobwebs and CTE and such. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to turn the whole show on its head. There might not even be a single segment that we normally do. Uh, I would be completely in for that. So everybody at home be rooting for LSU so that we can just turn this show on its head and just go down some kind of crazy, bizarro uh, multiverse type show with hanging banners. It might even be banners hanging that day as a uh, as a third party. I also want to request if this happens, I don't want to know which episode you're hosting. I want you guys to keep that from me <laughs> so that like, once we're in it, then I'll know like, oh, this is the punishment. Episode. <laughs> that and that one's incredible. not going to be numbered either. It's just going to be titled the punishment episode. <laughs> <laughs> so for all of our faithful listeners, be ready for the punishment episode because LSU is going to take that ass. Oh, um, yeah, well, either way. Jack, you're here too. What's going on? Uh, I have not been watching a lot of college football bowl season. I regret to inform that I'm not the biggest bowl season fan. Uh, one of the points being that 
even the pl- good players on teams I don't really watch choose not to play, which I fully support and I think makes sense in a lot of cases. But holiday season is a lot of time to watch sports. NFL has taken a couple extra days with Saturday games and there is a bowl game on most days. So I'm, I'm ready for just a ton of sports, NBA, college hoops. Everything's filling up the holiday schedule. Yeah, and college college hoops kind of in their lull right now, but soon to hit their fever pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a bowl game that maybe you do care about, Jack. Um, and we'll, we'll start off uh, with that bowl game for Count Your Wins. Uh, North Central in the Stag Bowl. Champions again, 2022 Division Three National Champions. They take down Mount Union, break the machine again, and uh, I talked a lot of shit on Twitter that game, and Mount Union made it real close at the end. I was texting my buddies, being like, "Hey, I've you know, back me up if something bad happens." But I've talked a lot of shit on Twitter, and I feel like Mount Union and their entire fan base may be coming for me if we blow this late lead. <laughs> And that how many times has that happened? That's like a story as old as time. Of what? The blown lead and you've been just hammering, oh, we're better, we're better. And it's like, oh, this is – especially in a game where it felt like North Central this season has had control. They've been, you know, they've been number one. We just talked about they had this hosting the semifinal that the deck seemed to be stacked in their favor. So there's definitely going to be angry people on the other side. Oh yeah. I mean the, the, and every, every fan base has their excuse, right? Like, or their thing that they're going to try to make the, the, the other program look poorly. The, the most fun thing that I saw in the fallout of North central beating Mount union was this mother of obviously a player parading around on Twitter saying that we weren't worthy of winning the stag bowl because we left our, our, our portion of the parking lot filled with trash, which I don't have, I don't have any report to say one way or the the other, but like an entire football game should somehow be negated. And the, uh, the, the trophy be awarded to mountain union because the, the player parking lot was left with garbage in it. Like, come on. You're telling me that's not in the rules. (laughs) Yeah. It's called intangibles. Yeah. (laughs) Football intangibles. What an so, unbelievable thing to just pull out. Just be like, yeah, no, you can't. You you left your wrapper in the, the parking lot. Well, I mean, that's like the thing to do, right? Like you lost. There's not a whole lot that you can like point at one way or another. So you're just grabbing for straws and you're angry that you didn't win. And like, I, I get it. I've probably done similar things at some point in my fandom for whatever team too. Uh, but <laughs> to just be like, hey, give the trophy back. You don't, you don't throw garbage away. I thought was, was a little funny. Uh, the other thing I wanted to do was uh, tip the cap, so to speak to uh, Sam Corbett, who called the game for uh, Jack and I's alum station. WONC did a phenomenal job, did such a good job that uh, I even synced up the wonk broadcast and the ESPN broadcast, because when you listen to a D three playoff game done by ESPN, they have no clue what's going on. They have absolutely no idea what's going on. At one point, and I heard this from another alum that I was talking to about the game, they were they were saying like, man, for a Division Three football game, this is pretty good. Uh, you know, there's just, there's, they're trying to climb the ladder and stuff, right? Like probably people who have called football and are like D3 national championship, high exposure, people will be watching, but like... 
you, you can't really expect those people to know. So that absolutely is the way to watch. If there is a quality local broadcast, whether it's students or professionals, definitely pick that over national at that level of football. Yeah, the, the people who have been covering it from take to take, those are the people you typically want to hear from in a championship scenario. And in the championship game of any league, don't say, hey, this is pretty good for a Division three game. Like, of course it is. This is the best of the best. Yeah, you're going to see some sleeper football at the Division three level. You're not it's not going to be competent, but also Colorado exists as a power five program. Oh. Oh, you know what I mean? And nobody shows up to a Colorado game and goes, man, this is actually pretty good football. Like, no, nobody does that. And nobody like comments on like the uh, you know what I mean? You don't you don't do that. So don't do it at the D3 level. Of course, it's great because these are two of the best programs in the country at the Division three level. I just thought it was kind of uh, not Bush League, but certainly like not understanding of what you're doing. Well, it's very much ignorance is bliss, right? Like, especially as reporters, I feel like. ESPN, you know, it's this big, huge corporation. They lose sight that these kids are like, I mean, if if though if the reporters were out there, they wouldn't be able to do this stuff, even if it's the D three level or in the NAI level. You know, it's it's hard work, so it's it's very ignorant, like you said. I also uh, real quick, and then we'll move on and count your wins. Got to give another tip of the cap to Ethan Greenfield, who won the uh, Gallardi Trophy, which for those who don't know, the Gallardi Trophy is the D3 equivalent to the Heisman Trophy. It's the nation's best college football player at the D3 level. The dude was an absolute workhorse. The team as a whole rushed for over 5,000 yards this season in 15 games, which is bonkers. That is an unfair amount of rushing yards. Uh, he's the second Gallardi Trophy winner in uh, in the program's history. The last time somebody won it, they also won a national championship. So just keep up that trend, and I think uh, we'll start to rack up Stag Bowl championships uh, there in Naperville. So that's where I will cease with that. I want to hear uh, somebody's country wins. I don't care who. Just somebody's. Jack, you go ahead. All right. Mine, uh, caring mine- is caring might be a, a little personal for some of the people on this podcast. Uh, but I, I'm going to say I love the overanalyzing of fantasy football matchups. And I think everybody does it, right? It's as soon as noon kicks off, you have one guy who got a six-yard run, and all of a sudden now you're projected to win, but you weren't before. And it's these super small things. But one slight change, and that could ruin your day until the next slight change that makes it better again. And we've got a couple people across my different leagues that I'm in or that I run that have that tendency, one of whom is uh, one Ryan Sartori, who is facing me in a quarterfinal matchup in our Dynasty Football League. And the text that I get immediately can tell me what game he's watching and what play he's watching, even if it just is like, OMG, I'm like, okay, well, that means that Derrick Henry just lost two yards and all of a sudden this guy's day is spiraling. So even though it's not a super healthy way to watch and consume football, uh, I'm going to put it as a win because it's really funny to watch and I think more people do it than they think. I would like, because the Jack gets my stream of consciousness throughout a day because he understands, he pays attention to this league just as much as I do. So Jack gets my stream of consciousness throughout a day um this is going back to thursday (laughs) oh my god uh i forget what play this was but i just texted him and said i'm gonna kill myself or someone 
<laughs> right, and again, the actual text doesn't mention football. There well, was this was Saturday conversation. That's the first message on just a Saturday. But I knew what it meant. Uh, what else did I text him? Uh, oh, the the uh, after Saturday, we were we were in somewhat of a tie, which basically meant like sleeper shows you the projections. Of like, oh, you have a 45% chance of winning this. Or you have a 50% chance of winning this. And I text Jack and I was like, I love that we both basically, we're bo- we're basically at a dead tie. And Jack said, are we? And I said, kind of. Like a standard deviation of 5% in any matchup is a tie. <laughs> like I was trying to talk myself into it being a tie. Yeah, it was 55-45. That's not a yeah. dead tie. That's yeah, a dead tie. It's a 5% deviation. So no, I just it, it. Some people get too in their heads. It, maybe it's not even just a fantasy football thing, but in the world of fantasy football, that is one of the joys that I have. And so I counted that as a win. Sending people into a tizzy by beating them in fake football. This is. I, I would like to uh, read one more uh, excerpt from my stream of consciousness from yesterday and on Sunday. <clears throat> uh, I said, "Panic is setting in. I'm down big." <laughs> I'm fucking sick and tired of Mahomes. I had enough to beat you and I left it on the bench. I'm in shambles. Uh, both end of both of these games are killing me. I think that was, was that, was that Titans that was and Patriots, Colts and something <laughs> else I, there. You sent at one point, just all caps Tannehill. Like just yeah, it was dead to me list. Contest. Ryan Tannehill because Ryan Tannehill got like a touchdown instead of Derrick Henry. And then it was an actual dead tie at one point where it was actually 50-50 chance of both of us winning. And then Johan, or not inside, uh, Terry McLaurin went off and I was like, please tell Terry to stop. <laughs> like, it's just a stream of consciousness. I throw it at Jack. I get no replies. I send maybe two day. texts back. I just let him do his thing. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's, it certainly is not healthy. And actually, if you're not a fantasy football player, I'm sure after this discussion, you don't want to be. And I wouldn't blame you for that either. This is... Again, probably not great for the mental health, but it's the life we choose. (laughs) Yeah. That's my win. Tyler, over to you. Guys, it's fucking Christmas. Today, today is technically a Christmas episode. Today was cookie day, which is a big deal for for me. Just like in general or like at the Witt household? In the, in for the, my my mom's side of the family, the Marathi family, we get together one day leading up to Christmas, and we make candy cane cookies, which is our our grandma's recipe. And there was six of us making grandma, today. or is it Nona? That, that sounds Italian. Nani, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's my nonny's recipe, and we sat there all day, our and uh, rolled cookies for a couple hours, and. It just put me in the Christmas spirit, you know. It's it's just Christmas is the best time of year, you know. You get a little little snow, you know. You get you get all caught up with all the the shopping and the presents. And no, I don't. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is how I see it. Is this your win? Uh-oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Well, hey, you yeah. Know what? Here. I have a question about Cookie Day. So yes. you make the cookies. It's a big event. Mm-hmm. Do you have yeah. to wait to eat them until Christmas or do you get to no. eat them on cookie day too? Well, you get to eat them on cookie oh, day. Oh, that too. makes cookie I day had, so much better. I've had like three three or four candy cane cookies 
and then we each like we divide them up for each of our so it was my family like my aunt's family and my uncle's family and then my my nono he gets to take some home so we have a big huge stockpile it's like my the whole island in my aunt's kitchen was covered in candy cane cookies and 12 12 batches worth of cookies is uh how much whoa yeah so tons of cookies tons of candy cane cookies for everyone so now so now i have to ask you said you roll cookies Mm-hmm. You roll pearls so, out of those cookies, or how, how you, what are we doing here? <laughs> so they, it's the same, the same dough, um, but she dyes one red, and the one is like regular dough color, and then you have to like weave them around so you get the pit, the the stripes, and then you sure. you you put it into a little candy cane, and then they're really easy. You just throw them in, throw them on the tray. And then she puts them in the oven for, I think she said it was like five, five to seven minutes and then they're done. So it's, it's a real family secrets. Well, it's just the time, not the recipe. <laughs> He'll have to, you know, I'll go to my grave with that one. Yeah. We got to shake you down. <laughs> <laughs> Interrogation. But today was a good day and it just really put me in the Christmas spirit. And I'm, I'm very excited for the holidays. Oh yeah, man. So with the, uh, I, I am reminded of a thing I used to believe, but I don't think I do anymore. The, uh, with the Christmas spirit and like, yeah, great time of year, happiest time of year. A younger version of myself used to posit that if we moved Christmas to another month, like May, June, July, something like that, that there would be no reason to have winter because I personally am against many of the features of winter and it's saving grace is the holiday season. Do you think Christmas would still be awesome if it wasn't in winter? I, I'm a, I don't think so. Okay. I think I think the snow gives it another level of magic, if that makes sense. But what about what about Christmases where there is no snow? Like we sometimes in Illinois, we don't see the first snow until January. I guess that's true. I don't know. I I, I attribute the the cold weather with with christmas so if it's a little yeah. chilly you know i gotta put on a jacket to go outside a little hat like cozy feelings yeah cozy like i have layers on a couple sometimes like when i'm really cold jack to your point though like after you get past new year's it sucks everything sucks about the winter it's it's cold you get sick it's it hard only to gets colder places like that i used to be a big campaigner against winter but then I'm like, you know what? The holidays actually make it kind of a big thing. But then that's when I had realized, why don't we just move the holidays? And obviously there's a few reasons you can't do that. But now that I've grown older, I think I'm, I think I'm with Tyler. I think I do appreciate that like Christmas has its own feel to it, that sure. no other holiday shares the 4th of July maybe shares the seasonality, but like there's no Easter weather, even Thanksgiving weather isn't that that's too fluctuant also. So I think I think I've changed my mind, but I just want to hear from you guys. That's all. I will say though, too, um, it's it's cool to see that somebody is actively getting in the holiday spirit. Like for somebody to say, like, yeah, I still feel that magic is pretty cool because I saw somebody explain on on TikTok. This is where my where I do my research. Um, <laughs> as kids, we always. We always get in the holiday spirit. Every kid usually is like, "Oh my God, Christmas, Santa!" You know, all, all the all the the things. So with with uh, the holiday season and with Christmas, and it, 
And he was explaining the reason that that happens is because Christmas is literally happening around you. Like things are just popping up. It's the teacher that uh, stashed money away in order to make your classroom look like a winter wonderland. It's your parents turning on the holiday music station in the car. It's your tree going up while you're at school and you come home and all the decorations are up. Like Christmas, Christmas is just happening around you all the time. You're like, oh, my God, is it always like that? And then you grow up. And it loses its luster a little bit because it's like, it's, it's, it's a song. Where are you Christmas? Right? Like, but it's because now you are creating Christmas for other people. Uh, and that's kind of where the magic goes. And like, I, I, I suppose the past couple of years, like I've had a hard time uh, getting into the spirit, not to say that I'm a Scrooge or bah humbug or anything like that, but like, it's just like after a certain age, like it's, it's a little bit harder to get in the holiday spirit. I would say it's definitely understandable. I don't know. I just like being, being around family. And I, I guess for me, it's like I was away for so long, right? I was away for you know, four or five months and, you know, just being able to be home and I'm, I'm about to leave again. So it's, you know, I'm just kind of like really enjoying the moments that, and this just kind of put me in the Christmas spirit. And that's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I agree that the like secular approach to Christmas of the I don't you know, the religious stuff, it doesn't hit me as hard, but it's like it is an opportunity where everybody in the family like forces each other to get together. And like those are cool moments. I concur. Now, with uh, the nice warm feeling that we've said here on the show, let's destroy it all together. Interceptor of the goal line is next. This is the worst of the week segment. Uh, bring whatever you want. Personal. Uh, pop culture, sports, whatever you want, bring it to the table. We do it now. And uh, Jack, you lead us off. All right. Uh, it's not specific to this week for most people, but it is to me. I'm in a different location. I am in Orlando, Florida at my parents' house for Christmas. Florida. Visiting family. Do I say it like that? No, it's just uh, every, I, I've heard enough uh, uh, New Yorkers say it that way where like i feel like it's obscure enough that when i hear the word florida my head florida. goes florida or orange huh. uh, yeah well i'm gonna be thinking about that one now great i don't know all nervous and stuff uh no but i i am uh, missing one of my greater joys in life which is the ability to bet on sports legally in the united states because it still is ridiculous that we haven't figured out a better system even though all of the states to my knowledge that have legalized sports betting illinois included have seen positive gains from it from an official perspective. It, it has interest. It gets more people involved in sports, which states already in a silly way dedicate so much money to. Um, but it also generates tax dollars for states. And it has been pretty big for Illinois in the last couple of years. New Jersey has had big wins. Maryland just got it recently. But there are still a lot of states that don't allow sports betting because it's so stupid. Kind of suspicious or right. It has a, a stink on it of not a super savory practice. And Florida is one of those. So I definitely bet more money than I usually do Sunday morning at the airport, because I'm like, as soon as I get on this plane, it is going away for a week. And so uh, waiting for some of those to settle, but I can still do daily fantasy if I wanted. And I still like watching sports, but what is happening? We got to get this figured out. It's the tiniest little thing. And we're at like, what is it? Most recently, 22 states have some form of legal sports betting. So Florida has a lot of things to figure out, but they're not the only one. There are a lot of states that need to get this figured out. America, you've been intercepted at the goal line. Well, and I think that there was a uh, recent numbers, like official numbers that came out to show like 
how much sports gambling alone is making in the states that have legalized it. In the states of New York and New Jersey, it has made over $3 billion combined. Like that is a, the revenue alone should be like, every state would be like, we should probably do this, right? It's like, it's like sports gambling and pot. And if you're not doing it, what That's, are you doing? That was the other one is the legalization of marijuana. It's like, I get it. It doesn't feel great, but like we put a lot of research into it and it makes money. And every state can agree that they wish they had more money and there's a way to do it. It's right there. Oh, so you won't hear any betting stuff from me for a while, but I'll still be keeping track. <laughs> The uh, the states that don't have pot or sports gambling are also probably states populated with people who are like, man, I wish pitchers still hit in baseball. <laughs> Wait a second. I wish pitchers still hit in baseball, though. I don't like that. That's not a fair one. Yeah, but you like it. You like it for the to- like, not the tokenization of it, but the novelty, the novelty of it, right? Like, you, yeah. yeah, you like the novelty of it. They like like this is strategy. This is how baseball is supposed to be played. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see Zach Greinke. I want to see <laughs> Justin Berlander hit home. <laughs> this is hers. This, these are names that I've mentioned to you in confidence. Who I want to see hit? <laughs> Put Madison Bumgarner at the DH. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness! Speaking of baseball, my intercepted at the goal line is uh, in that vein. You might remember from this past baseball season, one of the storylines was Aaron Judge. Uh, surpassing Roger Maris in the American League home run record for a single season. He hit 62 homers. That was the new record. That 62nd home run ball was caught and uh, is currently possessed by a, a man from I don't know where and I don't know his name, but he got an offer immediately for $3 million. Oh, and he turned it down. He turned it down because he thought this baseball would be worth more than $3 million. And so he took it to auction and that auction closed this past week. And he made $1.5 million. He made half of what he was offered at the, at the, at when he acquired the home run ball. And so Congratulations, you've played yourself, and also you've been intercepted at the goal line. So I'm trying to think with the three million dollar offer because we talked about that American League home run record, right? And it was a bit of a misnomer because people kept calling it the home run record, but it wasn't the MLB, it was just the American League, and you got to factor the steroid guys. And I think that's why in my head I'm like, well, duh, of course this ball is gonna appreciate in value. But MLB way overhyped this accolade in a way that won't stand the test of time. So when you think about it, it probably makes sense that it went down in value because everybody went back and go, well, it's not actually the MLB home record ball. It's the not steroid American League, all these qualifiers. Then that's the trophy. So, yeah, it makes sense. But that is a bummer. 1.5. I think it's still cool to have the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... He he played himself. He said it. Just, you can't you can't fix stupid sometimes. Now, did you guys see the report that came out about the baseballs being used in Yankee Stadium? No. It's actually kind of interesting 
Because we all know that MLB does some kind of nefarious things with the baseballs that they use in any given game. We've heard about the juiced balls. We've heard about the dead balls. Well, apparently they are strategically using baseballs in specific ballparks, uh, depending on what's happening there or also just because why not? But they had what were called Goldilocks balls. There was juice balls, there were dead balls, and there were Goldilocks balls. And these Goldilocks balls were supposed to be more explosive off the bat. Not quite a juiced ball, but uh, a ball that would uh, a ball that would uh, um, predicate that it would go farther on a swing. They found that more of these Goldilocks balls were used in Yankee stadium this past year than anywhere else in baseball. (laughs) So to some extent, MLB can massage the storylines. And that's something that needs to be addressed because they've been doing it willy nilly and openly to the public. Like, Hey, we're juicing baseballs. We're not juicing baseballs. And hopefully people just kind of turn away. But now MLB is one of the fastest growing companies in the world. Like the, the stock in baseball is growing tremendously. I think they're a top 15 growing brand of 2022. And so they have to kind of figure this thing out because we can't be having WWE records on the books in a sport that is older than almost America. You know what I mean? Like they got to get some things figured out. I'll, I'll cease on this, but like the Aaron judge home run ball is interesting. I think $3 million is a crazy price to pay for a baseball. But again, this guy, and apparently his name is Corey Usman's, uh, which sounds like, I don't know, a, a Chicago grandma saying use guys <laughs> played himself. He lost himself about, uh, um, $1.5 million. So Tyler, you're intercepted at the goal line. Mine is more of a personal intercepted at the goal line. That's fine. Um, my sleep schedule is absolutely ruined. <laughs> I I had somewhat of a nice thing going where, you know, I'd go to sleep at, you know, not, not like super early. I'm not like a bed by 11 guy, but like 12, 1230. I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I get enough sleep doing that. The past couple of days, I, I really ruined it. I was hanging out with my sister and my girlfriend, um, stayed up way too late, messing around three o'clock, went to bed. I had to get up early the next morning to pick up my friend from the airport at eight o'clock came. And then yesterday, last night or two nights ago, I came home. My, my sister and my girlfriend had a, a girl's night. So they went out uh, they came home. They got back at like 1.30. No big deal. We go to wind down in bed, and me and Nicole start playing games on our phone together. Y'all got games on your phone? Basically. <laughs> I looked at the clock. It was 2.30 when I was like, oh, I, you know, I should probably go to bed. The dentist's favorite time. Yep. And then 3 o'clock rolled around, and I finally went to bed. To be up early to train the next morning – at six, six o'clock. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so very brutal. I got five hours of sleep in two days and I'm feeling the repercussions right now. I feel like a piece of garbage and, and you're full of candy cane cookie and I'm full of candy cane cookie. So I, <laughs> I really played myself. So. Congratulations. I was just about to hit it. Congratulations. <laughs> You've played yourself. I certainly did. And I am regretting every second. 
So what's the course correction? What's the plan? Yeah. Yeah. How do you do that? How do you, how do you get out of this? I don't know. I think try to go to bed early tonight. We'll get see if it's bonked. in the cards. Get bonked and go to sleep early. <laughs> I don't get bonked, Ryan. This Nobody is knows a- what getting bonked means. It's code. They can infer. <laughs> I, I have no idea. The first thing that I pictured is like a Flintstones. Like somebody's going to hit you on the head with a glove and knock you out. <laughs> that, that, that is the idea. It's, oh, it's, it it's basically what getting bonked is. Bonk. Bonk. We'll tell that story at a later oh, date and time. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, for right now, let's move forward uh, to NFL Week 15, which is wrapping up tonight with the Rams and Packers. And the uh, again, the aforementioned quarterfinal matchup in our in the uh, the fantasy league that I play in with Jack. I'm up by exactly five points, and Jack has Cam Akers to play tonight. The and guy Jack who is- two months ago didn't want to play football anymore. My entire season rests on a guy who's like, I'm okay sitting the rest of the season out healthy because I don't want to play for this team. He's back and <laughs> carrying me. It cannot be five points because the higher seed would move on, and that would be Jack. So I need 4.99 points or less. And so uh, that's that's what's at stake tonight, but let's get to the one-point rundown. Um, what do you what do you guys think? Music, no music. I like no I like music. music. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Break Embrace debate. Embrace debate. I think it adds something to it. I feel like when, when there's no music, like it's I don't know, it's just like you're just talking, and that's fine. But I, I think the music gives it that little extra pizzazz. I think no music makes it more unique because I think it draws from a clear inspiration. And so I kind of like the uh, almost NPR approach of the like. My words are everything you're going to consume. Okay. Well, I'll leave it. I'll, I'll do. I'll do. How about this? I'll do no music this week. Okay. Everybody go back to last episode and listen to the one point rundown in last week and then comment this week what you'd like us to do for week 16 music or no music. And we'll go from there. User generated content is my favorite kind of content. And so we go with the one point rundown. Dallas at Jacksonville. <clears throat> Let me step away from the mic. The Dallas Cowboys for the 15th straight year are still frauds. They are fraudulent and they'll stay that way forever. Detroit at the Jets. Jack Jack Wilson. Zach Wilson could have thrown for like 500 yards, six touchdowns, and I think he still probably gets booed. He is insufferable and has a very punchable face. I also think something special is happening in Detroit, which hasn't happened for quite some time and is also a very scary sentence to say. Pittsburgh at Carolina. I could completely forget to talk about this game, and I don't think anybody would notice. They'd be like, well, where's the Pittsburgh game? Nobody would say that. Atlanta at New Orleans. Jack, say something nice about the Saints. They won. All right. Philly at Chicago. At no point in NFL history have the Chicago Bears ever had a player like Justin Fields. I am so happy that he is on my team. He is he he's the most dangerous player in the NFL right now. Like I I I just I am at a loss for words with how happy I am to have Justin Fields. Cincinnati at Tampa Bay. What a week for the win probability charts. 
right? Like at, at one point, Tampa Bay led 17, nothing. And then they gave up 34 unanswered points. That chart was absolutely crazy to look at. Also some other ones later that we're going to talk about. Uh, Tennessee at the Chargers. I actually didn't write a point down for this, but Ryan Tannehill on the dead to me list. Uh, New England at Las Vegas. Have you ever been chased by an entire team in Fortnite? Because I would imagine it's that like nervous energy that led to the unfathomable fumble that led to Las Vegas winning like that. That had to be what happened. Arizona at Denver. Reality TV producers are notoriously questionable in their ethics, but what they're doing to the Cardinals is a brand new low. Miami at Buffalo. So snowballs are off limits, but the bills will allow dildos thrown on the field. (laughs) Baltimore at Cleveland was this week's game of the week. Indy at Minnesota. Tyler's got some questions to answer this week, but how can you ever trust Jeff Saturday if he can't even win with a 33-point lead on the day his family is named after? (laughs) San Francisco at Seattle. I can't wait for the frantic Brock Purdy conversations this offseason. Everybody's going to be like, is Brock Purdy the guy? Should they trade Trey Lance? He does look pretty good, though. I... Jack, you make the face, but it's going to happen. New York, the Giants at Washington. I believe that the Hard Knocks producers were in charge of of Washington's final drive because that was a train wreck and also looked like uh, something that you'd find on reality TV. Very well produced. And uh, that is what I have this week for the one-point rundown. All right. Uh, Time for my weekly did I miss. Did I miss the Chiefs-Texans? You did. You know why? I didn't. I didn't do that one. Oh. <laughs> some some weeks. So what I what I end up doing some weeks is uh, I I go through like the Bleacher Report and look through all the scores and all the matchups and I try to like move them around a little bit so like you know the the late window games aren't like very clearly all just mixed in with the late window games and I forgot about the uh, the the Chiefs in Houston but that game was far too close for a team that's supposed to be the best in the league especially the best in the AFC. And, and also, Jarek McKinnon out of nowhere being the guy that's like a world breaker. Let me tell you how happy it is, I am to have him on my fantasy roster just up. because I needed a running back. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was yeah, so he, happy. He killed me last week. The final game of the year, I'm playing the worst team in the league, and Jarek McKinnon's just like, hey, I'm about to have a day. <laughs> I'm about to go off. <laughs> All right, so let's talk NFL Week 15 around the league. Um, I think the the most important thing we have to talk about is what the fuck happened at the end of the Patriots and Raiders game. Wow, is this revenge for the 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 uh, the tuck rule? Is this like oh. this some kind of crazy revenge? That would be a years later stretch. I think <laughs> well, like later. a crazy finish for a crazy finish, right? Like. I don't know. It's it's kind of a delayed payoff, but also that's just kind of how the Raiders franchise works. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's just like one of those things that just leaves you speechless, right? Like you're, you're thinking like you get paid millions of dollars and then that happens. Like I mean, at a certain point, it's just fall down, go to overtime. 
you have to realize that you're not going to score on a, a pitch and ladder <laughs> when in a you're at game. the 40 in a tie game when you're at the 40 like yeah sure okay get a couple of pitches in it's, it's looking good and he clearly just threw it right to the Raiders defender so yeah, Chandler Very. Jones and <laughs> Mac Jones one hell of a stiff arm to the center of the earth <laughs> he's just laying there just I think he made angry runs this morning with uh, Kyle Brandt. Oh, that's fun. That's <laughs> yeah. fun. You yeah. don't see too many quarterbacks get knocked down in angry <laughs> runs. Uh, no, but like legitimately, like, is there an explanation for this? Was this just like a gigantic brain fart? Uh, do you think that they were trying for a hook and ladder play? No. I- Ramondre Stevenson said after the game that it was just like he got caught up in the moment and it was just supposed to be a regular like draw play, go down if there's nothing there, right? I, I believe so. I, I'm asking you guys. I'm just trying to have a little discourse here about if it. That, if that's what he said, then I, I believe it. I, I don't think Belichick is really the type of guy to run hook and ladder. So, um, yeah, I mean. Does anybody know the whereabouts of Devontae Parker today? Oh, so he has a concussion, I think. Where did he find that? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Did, what, who? It was Jacoby Myers who fumbled, right? Or who was threw it? Myers? I thought it was uh, Devontae Parker. Wait, so I had the same problem where I was uh, texting a friend about it, and I was like, "Wait, I just realized Devontae Parker didn't even play in that game." But I saw the clip of it, and I'm like, "Oh wow, Devontae Parker! What a weird decision!" And I'm pretty sure it was Jacoby Myers because he said after the game something to the effect of. Uh, he thought he didn't see Chandler Jones. And so he thought, you know, maybe if we're trying to get something going, like he sort of just followed suit. Um, it just, I think I can't imagine Tyler. Has there ever been a moment that you've had in sports playing it where you're like, things are breaking down and you forget the game plan mid play. Um, I mean, <laughs> not really. I mean, at, at the end of the game, especially like when you're like really locked in, like, tied game like you want to score you don't forget to play like that's that's big yikes yeah especially for two guys to mess it up and then mac jones in the post game presser also took ownership and said it was his fault because he's like i've got to make that tackle which i think of the three people saying i've got to be better is definitely the one where i go you you don't have to be better. I'm not expecting you to tackle Chandler Jones. His face was caved in from that <laughs> stiff arm. <laughs> that, that's such a football guy quote, right? Like get absolutely obliterated by a guy who's way bigger than you and designed to do the thing that he did and go, you know what? That was on me. Like at the end of the day, it's my job to fix that. And it's like, Mac Jones, it's not. You're okay in this situation. My, my last comment about this game is I would – I am just so ecstatic. My close friend from Western Kentucky, Jordan Meredith, he actually played three quarters for the Raiders at left guard this la- in that game, and he was able to win. Uh, talk about a whirlwind of events for him. He got called this week to go up there on practice on the practice squad and got activated, and after the first quarter became the primary left guard. So – I am so beyond thrilled for him. I am Tyler. What? Why isn't he on the show? He wanted him on the show. Why isn't he on the show? 
I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking if there's a super significant moment in in sports, and we have a guy who was there, we should probably have him, or at least attempt to get him on the show. I'm only yanking your chain, but it I was, also would be very cool. I was very thrown off by that. Um, <laughs> Considering we've never had a guest on the show, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, wait, what? The ceiling is the roof. The ceiling is the roof. All things are possible here on Hanging Banners. We had James D. Rose on the show last week. All things are possible, huh? Oh, but what happened, kid? Oh, 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 oh yeah. By That's true. Video clip. This is this is a mess. Uh, um, but to just wrap up what I was saying, uh, I'm so so incredibly happy for him um a couple uh, a while ago after i played in my first professional game um i talked about a certain coach that you know made some comments about me not being able to play professional football um and jordan was also one of those guys that he lumped in there that said would probably never play in the nfl um and he just started a game or not start but he he played more than 50 percent of the game and I'm I'm still blown away by it. I'm so happy for him, and he he deserves it. He's really worked his ass off. We need to uh, get that newspaper clip over to freezing cold takes on Twitter because this is a big glow up for the for the players mentioned. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's only can be two of the three players because our other my other friend Seth Jost he uh, he's a nurse now, so he he was just on with football. He didn't want to pursue it anymore. He's like I I had enough, so. I we can only go two for three. Emergency. Take him to Seth. Duvernay Tardif is a doctor in Canada and also played in the Super Bowl for the Chiefs. You can be in medicine and football. We've seen it. It's not impossible. Oh. He's also lost significant amount of weight. <laughs> he could be a wide receiver. Uh, <laughs> another game that I wanted to talk about, one that I was very, very uh, animated about, was the, the Dallas Cowboys game against Jacksonville. I mean – they're frauds, right? Like they're not going to do anything in the playoffs, even if they do make it. I, I Let's legitimately so. talk about this. Is this a is this a is this a Dallas Cowboys descending game, or is it a Jacksonville Jaguars ascending game? I don't want to believe either thing. I'm like something kind of, has to be true there, but that's what it doesn't. Not neither thing has to be true, right? So that's the other part of it is. It could just be that it was a game where teams went blow for blow, whether it's somebody rising to the occasion or playing down to the level like that happens across sports. I don't think the Cowboys are fraudulent, but I do think they are the NFC team most ripe to be upset in the playoffs, if that makes sense. I do believe they are a good team. And over the course of any 16 game sample, they will have a winning record regardless of who they play and how many times. But I think they are not a one game sample reliable team. I think they have good bones and they'll be good for a few years, but this doesn't seem like a Dallas team that you're, you're always going to think Super Bowl aspirations are there for them. And this is a Jacksonville team that still has so much more to improve upon. This is a great home win, but I don't think this is an indicator that like next season, Jacksonville, maybe they're a playoff contender. I think they just had a really good game. I think that they could even be a couple pieces away from being a really good team though. I mean, Jacksonville's been hot the past couple of weeks too. I think I think it was definitely a step in the right direction. You want to be good teams, and not saying, you know, I'm not saying that Dallas is a a great team. It's not one of the 
the top tier teams. I think they're still a good team in the NFL. And I think, you know, that being a win for them is, is pretty huge, especially to see like where they were last year at this point. Right. Yeah. Again, I, I think, uh, I think Jacksonville could be in a position to take over the AFC South, especially when you look at the way that the Titans are trending, when you look at the way that the Colts are trending and when you look at the huge, just the Houston Tech, the Houston Texans, they don't have to trend one way or another. Just looking at them, uh, you know that somebody's got to take the seat, and it might be Jacksonville. I mean, their defense isn't incredible. They've had some some moments during the season where it's it's been fine, and they've forced turnovers and and stuff like that. But uh, I think their defense has to be improved. They spent a lot of money on the offense this past season. Now the other side of the ball needs a little help. And it could be that next year they might not be Super Bowl contenders, but they're certainly pushing for uh, their own banner to be hung uh, from the AFC South division. So um, I, I like the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. I think I think that they're getting hot. I think that they're finding their stride as a team. Well, I'll make the comparison too, just because we're, you know, technically, I guess, Illinois based podcast. Um, the Chicago Bears of years past kind of remind me of where Jacksonville might be going, where defense, if you can fix the defense, the offense is doing enough. But I worry that even though Christian Kirk is playing way better than everyone thought, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, like these are guys who are seeing the best years of their career. This is, I think if Travis Etienne can trend up, that could be the guy. But a lot of teams, when they make that jump, there is, at least one skill position player where you're like, this is an elite talent would be amazing on any team right now. I think, and Trevor Lawrence included, I think right now they have a lot of guys who are punching above their weight class, which is good because you need to do that to move up. Kind of like Tyler was saying, like, yeah, things are going well lately. They're trending in the right direction. They're growing as a team. Um, But I worry that if they think, Oh, you know what? Offense wasn't really our issue. So like, we can just let that sit that feels like a Bears-esque problem where they never go get that guy because they're good enough. I agree. Well, I think I think they will do something like that, especially if you like paid attention this past offseason to like what they did to try to revamp their their offensive line was like a huge issue for them. They went out and they made some huge free agent signings for them. So I'm well, excited. now they might be without. Is it Cam Robinson's their left tackle? I think they might be yeah. out without him for a while. I know he's yeah, he tore his meniscus. Yeah, so I mean that's at least three months, two months until you're back and 100. percent And you know that might mean that the rest of the season's kind of a wash. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. They may. I think what are they sitting at seven and seven right now after a, a good streak? Six but and uh, six and eight, mm-hmm. right there, similar, <laughs> not the same. But uh, you know the Jacksonville Jaguars are trending up right now. Another team trending up that I think has to be talked about because they're on a streak right now too. It's the Detroit Lions, and they. I think they take down a Jets team that obviously is without a capable quarterback, but also take down a Jets team that has had a very capable defense this year, um, especially the past couple of weeks. And they came out and looked great against New York on the road. Yeah. Detroit's won six of their last seven. Uh, Their only loss I think was to Buffalo, which very excusable loss. Right. Me. Uh, The fact that I kind of was annoyed a couple weeks ago, when there was conversation about Detroit, they could still make a run to the playoffs. I'm like, come on, are we really going to do this? Like, yeah, mathematically possible. But now that they're in a decent position, they're seven and seven and they can hang with anyone, which is that is like the defining factor of a five through seven seed team is 
can hang with anyone. And the rest of the NFC is falling apart a little bit. Also a concerning thing for their future. Do they stick with Jared Goff? Because he hasn't been terrible this year. He's definitely not amazing and you'd like to get better, but they're not going to have a high draft pick that they originally thought in their own slot, right? No, but they will get the draft pick from uh, the Rams. So they'll have a top five, top six pick from the Rams. um, And they'll be able to do whatever they want with that. I have heard rumblings that Jared Goff is going to be the quarterback of the now, right? Like not like of the long-term future, but certainly of maybe the next two to three years, uh, depending on how they want to structure that offense. I've heard that, that could be the case there because they're feeling kind of okay with him being the guy throwing footballs. I mean, he, he really hasn't had a bad run. I mean, I guess in those first couple you were, or, well, we talked about early in the season, it was like their defense is so bad. Like they don't give them a chance. And now they've kind of figured it out where, you know, Jared, Jared Goff can generate enough offense to, to hold on if their defense holds is, is capable. Yeah, no, this was a surprisingly low-scoring game versus some of their past performances. But, I mean, they held the Jaguars to under 20 a couple weeks ago. They held the Giants to under 20. And all three of those teams similarly fit the mold of they're not great, but you could definitely lose to them. See Dallas Cowboys at Jacksonville Jaguars. So I think the the defense has improved. Um, Obviously, offensive line was something that they have at least one shining star from the last couple years, but that's been greatly improved. Um, and this is actually one of the teams I think that projects to be very good in a couple of years if they make the right moves. They are clearly on an upward trajectory as a franchise. Yeah, but and you kind of felt that even coming into this season, like, man, something could be happening up there. Now, now that we're 15 games into the year, we're seeing like, Ew, it was a rough start. But now they're on a run and, they, you know, you can point to some of these teams and say maybe not so great. Right. Like. Uh, Packers bears at the start of this, but they're rattling off. Like you said, Jack wins against the giants, the Jags, the Vikings, the jets, like all these could be playoff teams. And I like what's happening in Detroit right now. Um, Looking through this, I think maybe the only other game that I wanted to mention would be Indy in Minneapolis. And I just want to look directly into Tyler's eyes. I know you've already addressed this, but say something again, because your defense of Jeff Saturday is starting to look more fun every week. Yeah, I I have no words. Um, yeah, that's I I don't know what else you I can say. Like I I wanted the best, I expected the best, and yeah, it's I mean you can't. There's really no coming back now. I feel like you can't be a coach, so um, I've accepted. I've accepted it. I think it'd be more fun if you dug your heels in and were like, no, <laughs> I just double 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 time on it. So, okay. Well, coaches have had a 33, nothing lead at halftime. That's true. Not many, not I, many. I will say, I think the offensive line play has gotten a bit better the past couple of weeks with him. I could see him being an NFL line coach. So I'll, I'll dig in my heels on that. I will not say he could be a head coach though. He oh, certainly. The track record. He, he's definitely like got the experience and football mind that we've seen on on TV. And I'm, most football players have to have some sort of like extra high gear mentality sort of thing. That there's no doubt in my mind that he could be a coach and maybe one day go back to head coaching. Uh, and and the fact that 
the Colts went to Minnesota against one of the top two teams by record in the NFC and did score 36 points. So as the person who a while back was anti the Jeff Saturday coaching hire, and I still believe that it isn't totally fair to completely write him off when we have other coaches who have better resumes of coaching and have had their jobs longer that are doing just as stupid of things. And this was just a bad game. It wasn't like roster management problems. There weren't really, I didn't remember seeing any like clock management problems. It just was that the other team came up. So I don't think this was a burn at the stake kind of game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. If it's... not this, then what? This was the largest uh, comeback in NFL history. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I watched this. I watched like the, the second half of this game, which is when everything started going wrong. I think that's what everybody did. Yeah. So everybody turned it off in the second quarter. They were like, I yeah. got other things to do. <sighs> let me, let me think. Cause I think, I don't know. They're just the offense just stalled out. Like it is just, I, that's well, they really, really there. In, in the first half, they had two defensive touchdowns, right? The offense scored one touchdown. The rest were defensive and special teams and field goals, I think. So it, oh, yeah. this was a game that was kind of ripe to have at least a comeback and maybe not all the way to a victory. Um, but I, I do want to know again, Tyler, picking your football brain on this, which do you think is more egregious of a coaching error? Is it something like, mid game on the field performance or is it that like off the field you know roster management and like actual leadership stuff is are you able to delineate that yeah you can i think honestly if it was like a off the field issue like you would be able to see it more th- thoroughly like i feel like once jeff saturday came in it kind of changed the mindset of the whole team around Whereas like, okay, we're, we're, we got to work hard. And I've actually talked to someone who plays for the Indianapolis Colts. And he said, it was exactly that way that they, you know, Jeff came in and it was, you know, a big, a big, you know, breath of fresh air that he, he knows his stuff. And like the O-line and D-line took really, really big ownership in the team, knowing that, you know, he was the coach and he was a, he's a legend and they want to, you know, they want to perform for him. So I think off, off the field, uh, motivation, stuff like that. Like, I feel like that's kind of where it needs to be. I think just on the field, it's just that things aren't clicking. I mean, did Jim Irsay, I feel like has, a, has some say in, in this because he was the one who brought in Jeff, but I mean, the swapping of quarterbacks throughout the season, that, that plays a huge part of it. They're, they've had injuries, you know, um, their running back hasn't had the season everyone thought he was going to have. So now I, he might I, not have a season at all. Right. So I, you know, I, I just think a lot is playing against them on the field to, to make the, the product what it is. Well, I know that we're, we're going to be talking about the Colts uh, a little bit later on in the show, because I see Matt Ryan listed uh, under another category. So we'll leave this one alone for now. We'll come back to it and let's move into uh, blank. You very much. We've got a couple of promises to keep to our listeners here, because last week we talked about that. We are going to number one here. Jack's top snowplow names. 
If you missed it last week, Tyler asked us what we would name our snow plows if we had one. And Jack being the perfectionist and also the big brain that he is said, I need a week to come up with some of the top ones that I can think of. And so he's going to give us those in just a second, but also we're going to talk about the worst Christmas gift that we've ever received, or maybe even just the worst gift that we've ever received. And so with that, um, I should also uh, mention that we're going to talk about uh, songs, Christmas songs you wouldn't mind hearing in June. We've got a lot to get to here, and thank you very much. So, Jack, with that, let's hear your best snowplow names that you came up with. All right. So the rules I set for myself, it, it, following the absolute gold standard of Cleopatra, which has two separate snowplow-related words in one specific cultural identifier, right? So everything had to have at least two references. They had to be snowplow related. The one rule I didn't follow, they didn't have to be great. So uh, brace yourself. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm going to go with the ones that I don't like as much first. Uh, so here we go. The drummer for the Beatles, Ring Snow Car. Snow and Car. <laughs> We're working up. It'll get better, right? Throw out the bad ones. Uh, when you first are, when you're first introducing yourself to someone, you might say, "Ice to sleep you." Uh, all right, we're getting better. We're getting better. Um, are you guys? Are you guys video game players at all? Are you guys gamers? Yeah, yeah we so, play yeah. a little bit. So you know, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. Ba start is the Snownami Road. Konami code, maybe? Okay. All right. All right. We're met with thunderous applause right now. Let's go to... Uh, I got to remember what this one is. Oh, uh, Blue Oyster Cult had a popular rock song. Um, it was called Don't Clear the Street, Sir. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that's probably the best one so far. Okay. I know that's the top one. That's the top uh, one. We've got... What was star of the Child star of the Sixth Sense. Haley Snow Osmond. Oh my God. All right. That was bad. We have, uh, this one technically has three in it. It was a former U.S. general and president. This would be uh, White Street Eisenplower. Dwight. That's what? that's a good. That's actually not. That's bad. that's that's pretty good. Okay. White Street Eisenplower. That's good. All right, we've got uh, NBA superstar on the Philadelphia Sixers, Snowell and Sleet. Uh, we've what got, about just what about just like Fred Fred McSleet or uh, Van Sleet? Van Sleet. That, 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 that's the thing is I could do a bunch that are like you know Kyle Plowery whatever like it's easy I just throw a letter on I, I had to go degree of difficulty I got two more for you. We've got tight end now of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That would be Snow Jay Plowered. Uh, okay. And the last one is uh, one of the most famous golfers in the world. This would be Bryson Desham Snow. There we go. There's your list. Nine new snow plows for whatever small municipality needs names. <laughs> I came up with two. Okay. Let's hear it. Uh, Blizzy McPlower. Instead of Lizzie McGuire. McGuire. Gotcha, gotcha. And also, uh, not my salt, not my plow broom. Ah. <laughs> there we go. This, this, it's a fun activity. It's hard, though, man. It's hard. It to is. It is. Aren't just changing the letter. So there you have it. I tried. Okay. So the, the top one there we agreed was White Street Snowplow. What was Eisenplower. it? Eisenplower. 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 White Street Eisenplower. That is probably the top one. 
you could take out the street and leave it as D, but I felt like that changed the meaning of it, and I didn't like it as much. White street. <laughs> I, I, I really answered that. Thank you guys for your effort in, in doing that. that no, you brought this to the table, man. This was, you this set, was your place. You set the gold standard for the for the snowplow names, you two. So. Moving forward, generations of podcasters will know what the gold <laughs> standard is. <laughs> It's still Cleopatra. Don't get it twisted. It's still Cleopatra. It is still Cleopatra. All right. Uh, we're going to move on to Christmas songs that we wouldn't mind hearing in June. I liked this topic so much that I even used it on, on my morning show this past week. And uh, it helped me kind of brainstorm a bit Christmas songs that I wouldn't mind hearing in June. Cause some of them, like we said, are, are catchy, but you only ever hear them in late November and December. If you're lucky, you'll hear them in, in January. But uh, for the most part, you get to listen to them a couple times for a month and then they're gone. So in June, I think each one of us should give our top choice and then almost do like a draft. Oh, perfect. I've got a list so I can draft. I have I have three on my list. As well, I have, so. I, well, that's your big board. Don't give us your big board. All right. <laughs> uh, I, I will. Uh, I, I will say because he brought the, the topic to the table. Jack gets first pick. Ooh, 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 ooh. OK, so uh, let's and, see. And, and should we should we say are there any qualifiers? Does it have to be like or is it just a song that we wouldn't mind hearing in June? Um. A holiday song. I, I put my own little like tips on how to make it right. Is like it's got to be a song you like. For me, I typically aim for songs that weren't like super heavy on Christmas lyrics. Like if it says all sorts of Christmassy things, that might be tough to get into. Uh, and I also was turned off by if it was inspired by like a traditional one, or if it was like had a bunch of like jingle bells in the background or something that I could see being difficult in like June. But no rules. What what did you do? Did you guys have a certain approach that you took? No, when I used this on the air, though, my co-host was thinking that it had to be summery. Like it had to have like a summery feel or, or like at least feel like something that you could listen to in the summer. I mm. completely threw that out the window and didn't care. It's just like if I heard this in June, would I like it? Yeah, that's exactly what I what I did as well. OK, cool. So, Jack, first pick. First one is it's one of, in my opinion, the elite Christmas songs. And that's one reason I couldn't leave it off my list. It's got a lot of brass, which is not super Christmassy and also something I like in music. And once it gets going off of the like first 30 seconds, you hardly notice that it's a Christmas song. The song is Christmas Rapping by the Waitresses, uh, which it's not a name recognition song, but it definitely is a once you hear it, you're like, oh, I've heard this song. It's one that's like. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. It's an obscure band. It's an obscure song, but it, you've heard it at Christmas time. So oh, I'm imagining that didn't steal anybody's, but that is my number one. No, it didn't. Okay. So one, one Christmas rapping by the waitresses. Uh, one, two Tyler Witt. So this song has like a lot of like personal meaning to me and a lot of nostalgia. It doesn't, you know, it's it's a true Christmas song. So mine is Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. Um, mm. The the reason, I mean, I think it's it's very different than a lot of the songs. Like, it's kind of like got a little sway to it. You know, you're like kind of, you can't help but dancing. But the reason I love this one, this is my favorite Christmas song ever. My mom has this dancing Santa. And every time you push its foot, it sings this song. And so when I was a kid, I always loved pressing it because I love the song. Hell yeah. So that's why it's my number one. 
And I love it. I love I've it. Got a, uh, I've got a quick little horror story with that song to share. Uh, it was, I think, t- 2010, maybe. I was driving with my family to my aunt and uncle's bed and breakfast that they owned in Indiana. And we mm-hmm. stopped to get food at like a Denny's or a Steak and Shake or something. And you know, they have the glass separator between the booths, but it's not, you can still reach through it or you can still hear through it, whatever. There was like a six-year-old kid sitting next to me, but on the other side of that divider that did not know any of the words to that song besides the rocking around the Christmas tree. And he sang it like he knew it, didn't he? The entire time that we were eating there, the whole time, this kid <laughs> just loved that one line. And I'm like, oh, my God. So that song has deep personal meaning for me, too, but in a very different way. I do. I do respect the pick. That's a layer song. of hell, is it not? That's a layer of hell. It's got to be. It's got to be. All right. Round one, pick three. It's a fun one. It's I, I feel like you could hear it in June and mistake it for a different genre of music. It's uh, Mele Kalikimaka. Ooh, I thought about that one. I did. Think yeah. Mele Kalikimaka is the thing to say that that one mm-hmm. would be fun to hear in June while you're sipping a Mai Tai on a beach somewhere. That's a good call. That's a good call. Okay, are we doing a snake draft or are we doing like a, a traditional standard draft? I always leave snake. That's the most fair. Right? All right. Why all should right. I get to keep going first? I didn't do anything to earn that. That's, that's true. Uh, <laughs> all right, round two, pick one. It's Dominic the donkey. Yeah. <laughs> the Italian Christmas donkey. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't heard this song, it's a banger. Uh, I'm also upset because when we did this, when we did this segment on the radio, there's no country music star that has sang this song, which is stunning, shocking that nobody's done this. Considering country music stars have grown up with, I don't know, horses, cows, pigs, <laughs> donkeys. <laughs> it's too Italian. It's country uh, it's not Italian. That's right. You got it. When you sing that song, you gotta you know, <laughs> hit the Italian hands. Hey, it's a Christmas donkey. Hey. <laughs> okay uh round two pick two tyler witt no yes yeah tyler witt yes yes so my pick is silent night no specific person but it has to be a choir version oh. and i think this is like the perfect song for just clearing your head you know like you're you're doing like homework or you know you're you need some downtime you, you know you hear this in the background it's not you know it doesn't make you think Christmas right away because of the, the nice choral rhythm to it. So I, I, I like silent night. That's a good call. I didn't even think of that angle, but that makes a lot of sense. As soon as you said it, I'm like, what are you talking about? I, I love that you guys, that at least Tyler has gone with more traditional Christmas music. I'm here for chaos. I, I hope three <laughs> is still on the board when it comes around. Uh, wow. Yeah, no, I definitely lead like pop rock stuff. You're on the board. All right. I think, uh, I'm going to go with Run Rudolph Run by Chuck Berry. That's a good one. Um, it's mm-hmm. a little tough to pick that because it is pretty much just a mix of Johnny B. Good and Little Queenie. And then he has like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer lyrics mixed in. But because it sounds like just his other music, I could definitely listen to, listen to it because Chuck Berry just has good music. Um, but it definitely leans pretty heavy on Christmas if you listen to the lyrics. You don't need to because the song's fun. You're on the board again. Oh, oh gosh, the snake. Oh man. Wow. <laughs> I chose snake draft and I'm totally blindsided now. Um, 
I have three other choices here. What am I going to go with? What am I going to go with? I'm going to go with Father Christmas by the Kinks. Um, just because, again, that's a genre and sound, the Kinks, the 60s rock, that it's not really famous for any sort of non-traditional Christmas songs. A lot of musicians in the 50s and 60s were just doing like the classics. And this just, again, kind of sounds like a song by the Kinks. This is another one of my favorite Christmas songs. I don't, maybe uh, I don't know that one. Uh, Father Christmas, give us some money. Da, 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 da. Do you know it's this one, Tyler? I feel like I've heard it before. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you any of the words, but I feel it has like no place in my head. I don't, I don't know this one. It, um, Ray Davies is the singer. He's got a very, the guy who's in the Kinks has a very distinct voice. That like if you heard this song, you might not remember hearing the song, but you're like, oh, I know who this guy is at least. Got it. Okay, Tyler. Again, I went with um, more traditional Christmas songs. Uh, I did the Christmas song by Frank Sinatra. As soon as you hear the chestnuts roasting on the open fire, I'm sold. I am in the mood to listen to it, and I feel like it's in the middle of June. If you hear this like once, it's not going to like ruin the song for you, but it's you're going to be like another. It's like another peaceful song. That you're like. Yeah, this reminds me of like very happy times of, of winter and it's coming. It's around the corner. I'm very happy that my big board is all coming home with me uh, because <laughs> the final pick in this draft is going to be I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Told you, I, I'm here for chaos. I don't like, like I, I'm fine with the traditional songs, but if I heard them in June, I would be a little thrown off. Be like, what the, where are they playing this song right now? If I heard Melikalikimaka, Dominic the donkey, or I want a hippopotamus for Christmas, I'd be like, hell yeah. If I heard it like just out wherever the hell and they were playing, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. I'd, I'm down with this. I, I like the obscurity. I like the, uh, the, Oh, the perceived chaos that it brings to the situation that we're singing about hippos and Christmas. So that's my final pick all together. Uh, I, I got my, my big board, which I'm, I'm very happy about. We found value at the bottom of this draft here and we, we couldn't be more happy to, uh, to get the hippo in the door, just, you know, get him to work and uh, see what he can do for our team. <laughs> oh no, that's a good, that's a good exercise. That's a good one. You can play with your I really enjoyed this one. Too. Yeah, just ask and be like, all right, here's a weird question because surely there will be a lull at Christmas and everyone's got their takes, right? Good game. Thanks for indulging me, guys. Thanks for bringing it up. And uh, just as a, a reminder for everybody, if you bring uh, a topic like this to the table, you will get first pick. We've just set the precedent here. <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, because this is technically our Christmas episode, is the worst gift that you've ever received and I'll, I'll go first just to kind of set the tone here. And it doesn't have to be something you got from a family member. It could certainly be something that you got from a job because I worked at a car wash for many a year. And the last year that I was there, the Christmas gift that we received was a lunchbox. Nice. Sounds practical to me. I was pissed. Because I think the year before we had gotten like sweaters or something that we could use in the winter to stay warm. Like we got like additional like warm gear because we worked outside with water. And that was fun. That was functional. I, I liked that. But the lunchbox. When I opened the box and I saw 50 lunchboxes. I was angry. I don't really have anything else to like say about it, but it so was probably one of the worst gifts I've ever received. 
Was it the like standard? What I'm thinking, like the rectangle tin. No, no, thing? not like not like from the '60s. Okay. Uh, this was this was like um, like an insulated bag almost. Oh yeah, that's kind of lame. Yeah, that's and it had a can opener, a, a, a bottle opener on the side of it for some reason, as if we were going to have a nice cold brew at lunch. Good, good. <laughs> yeah, they were encouraging you. That that's on you for not using. I, I suppose, right? Uh, that was probably one of the worst gifts I ever got. One of the best gifts, surprisingly, I was pissed off. We were at like a family Christmas. I was younger. Nobody had ever gotten me. Nobody got me a gift except for one family member. I opened it up, and it was some game called Tetris. Which at the time, it was just some game called Tetris. I had never heard of it. I grew to love one of the greatest games of all time. Dude, that's. That's a cool story. How old you are? <laughs> well into my forties, <laughs> <laughs> and I played it. I played it on my Game Boy Color. Uh, oh, that's good. The, the lunchbox, man. I'm just picturing one of those. Like you just throw it in the freezer and like, all right, I'm ready to go. It'll stay cold for a bit. It's in the trunk of my car still. Oh no. <laughs> All right, Tyler, you go. I'm still thinking. Yeah. Okay. Um, mine isn't a Christmas gift. It was my eighth grade graduation gift. And so once you hear my gift, from? it was from my grandmother. Um, oh, Rona. no, not, not her. Oh, she was, she was already passed on by then. So God rest her soul. Um, but my, my other grandma for my eighth grade graduation, Bought me a $20 metal bracelet from Kohl's. Now, as a child, I was like, okay, like, I guess that's nice. Like, whatever. A couple weeks later, we went to my other cousin's eighth grade graduation party. And he got a goddamn TV. (laughs) (laughs) How big was the TV? I mean, any TV would be substantial for me. <laughs> it, it could have been a small TV. One with the Mickey Mouse ears on yeah, it. You know I would have taken that. Oh, oh I got a twenty dollars bracelet. Oh no! Yeah, That's so like, man down. Never, I will never forget how bad that gift was in my entire oh, life. That's um, awesome. Yeah, it, the, the thing that really got me was was the TV. It was just like. Oh yeah, yeah. Thanks, Grandma. And then you go and you see that she bought him a TV, and you just you got got, huh? Yeah, I did. That's one of like a parent or grandparent's chief responsibilities is to at least show equalness among you know avoiding favoritism, even if they don't love everyone equally or spend time equally with everyone. Like, sure, maybe there was some, but like you have to at least make it seem even. That is a big drop the ball moment from Grandma there bracelet for a tv do you still have the bracelet no it's gone long gone (laughs) (laughs) just curious all right jack it's your turn i actually i can't think of the worst christmas gift i ever got maybe the gift givers in my life have just been too good but there was a gift that i got somebody for a special occasion that Uh i that they hated and i really thought that i had hit a home run with it which i'm not a gift giver uh, in my family, if mom or dad or other sibling, I mean, there's three of us, somebody needs a gift. It is more the responsibility of one or both of my sisters to find the gift and then Venmo request me whatever amount they feel fit. So I normally, when gifts are being opened, I'm just as surprised as everybody else because I don't get too involved in it. But one year I had an absolute banger idea for my dad. 
and it was it was a cheesy gift but like you know he lives in florida and it got like a golf course whatever so i'm like let's get him one of those toilet golf games like you know you know what i'm talking about right you lay a little green down and you can put i'm like also my dad is suck such a sucker for like cheesy gifts and like this is a guy who will laugh at like any fart joke or something i'm like be careful you are in his house right now right it doesn't matter he knows i'm like this this was such a great gift and my sisters are like oh that's actually a great idea let's roll with it i'm like i'm so excited like i nailed this come to find out he's like i don't get it and my mom's like yeah why would you get this like what is this for and they both just the comments flew in and i'm like oh no this is like the first time in 10 years that i'm like i actually have an idea and uh so i'm back to not giving gifts to people and just funding them <laughs> because we really thought i nailed it and it was not respected. I think it's still somewhere in a box in this house I'm in now because nobody loved it. That's upsetting. It, it still is. hurts to this day. I, I tried and it failed. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah, sorry. What a somber moment. It's just, <laughs> it's just taking that one in. He's like, wow. Yeah. So if you guys ever get a gift from me, feel lucky because that spirit has been removed from my body. He's like, Please, Papa, love me for the gift I gave you. <laughs> I bring it up all the time, too. And I'm like, you're not getting anything from me until you appreciate that one. I love it. I love it. All right. Let's move forward with the show. Low hanging fruit is going on now. And uh, I have to ask you guys, does this look like me? <laughs> yes. So did this isn't you like I when you posted this. I thought you edited your the face and like cropped nope. your face on there. That's a real other someone else. This is a real other human being out there somewhere in the world that is doppelgangering as me with dreads. Uh, my cousin texted this to me and was like, "Has anybody heard from Ryan?" It was like me and like his brother. So like all my cousins that were in, were in a group are like, did we hear from Ryan? So, you know, all my other cousins are like, yeah, I heard he like grew some dreads, bought a van and went to go find himself. Something like that. <laughs> so because I know there's bound to be people on my Instagram that like haven't checked up on me in a while and I don't regularly post pictures of myself. Uh, I threw I threw this up there. It was like I, I on my Instagram was like, yeah, grew some dreads, bought a van, lost a little weight. And I'm loving life on the road. And sure as shit, there have been people messaging me being like, bro, I'm really happy that you figured out who you are. <laughs> I'm so happy you found the Antichrist and are willing to yeah. say that. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was hilarious. Like when, when I show things to my girlfriend like this, like I've been sent pictures of like bearded dudes before, uh, white guys, you know what I mean? I've been sent pictures like that before. And my girlfriend is a litmus test. Now I'll be like, Nikki, does this look like me? She's like, no, of course not. I showed her that. And she was like, is that, <laughs> might that be? <laughs> like I said, I honestly thought it was you just like, with, with like a, a, like cropped in like a, in something like I thought you did some really, really good editing on that picture. Yeah, but, I'm, um, I'm actually uh, on uh, on top of being a podcast host and on air on air talent. I am also a deep fake producer. This is uh, <laughs> this man's name is Cyan Rartori. And uh, this is his alter ego after Cam Akers gets five points in Monday Night Football. Uh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. This is like you were saying earlier. This is like this is what would happen if I spiral out of control after losing this uh, this fantasy football matchup tonight, like overanalyzing 
would lead me to the Antichrist. I, I grow dreads. I'm in a van down by the river, rolling doobies. Uh, <laughs> Pulling the so, full Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, on top of that, we've got a, uh, a a video to show for Tyler's low hanging fruit. Uh, Tyler figured out uh, that even organists can be ejected from baseball games. Harper's oh, got tossed. So that was, for those listening, that was an organist at a baseball game playing three blind mice. The umpire caught on to what was happening, and the umpire turned and ejected the organist from the ballpark. I came upon this video, and I was like, I was like mixed between laughing and like, is this serious? But I think that that the umpire has some very thin skin to throw out an organist. Like, that's asinine. Um, just wow. I was, I was like completely like, I, I died laughing. I was like, Oh, I'm totally going to use this for the podcast this week. There aren't many professions that I would be less surprised to hear did something like this than baseball umpire. <laughs> I feel like starting from potentially the teenagers who work youth games all the way to MLB minor league, whatever event it is. I feel like there's a reputation of that thin skin kind of nature where you have to take a lot. So it's not super fair to them, but I'm like, of course it's a baseball umpire doing this. Baseball umpires uh, obviously traditionally have, have this very thin skin. Think of other sports. NFL referees get laid into by coaches. You fucking dumbass, this, that, and the third. They don't even look That's bullshit. Right. And they have to go over and give an explanation to a coach if there is a, a, an unsportsmanlike penalty. If there's any, they have to go and tell the coach what happened and why they threw a flag. That doesn't happen in MLB. Same thing with hot. You think. Hockey referees have their lives easy at any given point. A man on skates with a frozen metal or a rubber puck can just whiz by clip him and send him to the ice, probably dead. And then NBA referees. I mean, they, they, I mean, all the time are being chewed on, you know what I mean? But baseball umpires, man, they are the softest official out there. That's so funny, though. I, re- I I really like the idea of the hometown organist. And there aren't there's so much more canned music. That, like you still have somebody in charge of it. There aren't too many places that still have a true organist there. That's why you need an organist. That's why you need live in-house music creation, because you get a moment like that where now that person who got ejected is the hero of the team. Sorry oh, to just yeah. baseball, but that's the new champion of whatever team we were just watching. Hang a banner for that guy. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, Jack, any low hanging fruit today? No, no. I, uh, I, I liked, I like both of yours though. So I'll just, you know, go back and rewind a couple minutes, listen to those two again and we're good. <laughs> got it. All right. Uh, we've done a lot of Christmas talk today, but we're in the midst of Hanukkah right now and uh, instead of hanging a banner today today we celebratorily light a candle um we light a candle nice. yeah i think i think that's that's nice i like yeah. that i give nice the uh, i give the uh culturally half jewish stamp of approval it's not appropriative because i celebrated hanukkah a couple nights ago also well thank you for your stamp of yeah. approval sir we're safe now where nobody can make fun of us no one can criticize <laughs> all right uh, and jack because uh you are 
Jack Coachman. Uh, you go first here for Light a Candle. Sure. So I, I was a little bit quieter earlier on the uh, Patriots Raiders discussion because there is a, a core belief of mine as a longtime football fan and thinker and fantasy and betting participant. And I have to hold on to it even through the tough times. I believe wholeheartedly we should have more trick plays, more laterals, more goofy things. Football has rules that are already a little bendy and we're in the era of the young creative coach. So let's see more things. We've seen these kind of quick snaps to tight ends and stuff where they'll run it in on the goal line. We've seen some tinkering of uh, moving quarterbacks to receiver, but trick plays and laterals are at the heart of it, right? This Patriots Raiders game with the Ramondre Stevenson to Jacoby Myers to the other team's Chandler Jones game winning touchdown was horrible. It was terrible. It is a step back if you'd think for everybody like me who believes we need more laterals, but as a fervent believer in the chaos of the game Hell and yes. the benefit to lateraling with a first quarter, five minutes in, I always try that in Madden or if I'm playing, you know, backyard football, if I've got one guy in front of me, who's the defender and one guy behind me, who's my teammate, why wouldn't I try and pitch it to him at the last second? He'll score so easy. Nobody does that. Right. But as a believer, I have to accept that there are going to be horrible moments. And this is what we need to get to the path of the cooler, more fun, more chaotic football that I dream of. And so I, I do need to hang a banner for laterals as well as the 2022 New England Patriots, because even though it didn't work, it tried and they died so that the rest of us could walk in the future. Jack, please light a candle. I'll light a candle for them. Yeah, And you know what? I, we There are uh, nine candles on a menorah traditionally, and there are only three of us. So I'm going to light a candle for uh, Ramondre Stevenson, Chandler Jones, Mac Jones, Jacoby Myers, Bill Belichick, trick plays and laterals. That way you guys each only have to light, light one candle and we'll still fill the menorah. Thanks, my guy. That's that's very much appreciated. Um, and Jack, this I think this is why you and I get along so well in football conversations is because we both adamantly root for chaos. The other guy here, Tyler, plays football in an organized manner and does not want chaos to ensue in his games. Uh, no, so that's not true. I don't even believe that. Tyler, if you were on this New England Patriots team and that play worked and was the game winning touchdown, would you be against it? No, I'd be all for it. Exactly. But it didn't. So if you, you were on to- that team and it didn't work, <laughs> would you be rooting for chaos? I actively, if I have nothing in the game, I root for chaos. I all the time get asked, who are we rooting for in this game? And I always say chaos. <laughs> I would have this as a football player. If it's a designed trick play, I have no problem running it. Jeff Brom's playbook has a million and a half trick plays. And they are always up every week, just in case, because you never know. We scored. We used one in on uh, when we played Michigan State my last year at Purdue. And it was all over the top 25. Um, I murdered someone on, on national television. It was awesome. And they're, they're fun. It's, you know, it could be a spark for your team. So I am all for design trick plays. Laterals that are unplanned like this, like we talked about earlier, I think – if it worked out in my favor, it's like one of those things like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's OK. Like it worked out in the end. But if it didn't work out for me, then I'd be like, what the hell are you doing? So I am not against the chaos. I kind of enjoy the chaos, but in a controlled way, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's where I am, too. Right. It is My point is a playbook is so big and we've seen so many teams that get stuck running the same play that doesn't work. 
like do something crazy. I, I, I would like to clarify, though I do like the impromptu stuff too. Design trick plays are also what I'm mostly looking for. So there's, there's no greater feeling than hearing a, an announcer go, oh, it's a flea flicker. And, you know, it's just gearing up for a home run ball. I think that's how Taysom Hill scored uh, through a touchdown this week, wasn't it? No, it was, a regular, flea flicker? it was a regular drop back, but he has had flea flicker passes. And that's such a simple thing. A flea flicker. Why could you not run that more than one time a game? As soon as a team does it, it's like, well, we emptied our bag of tricks. <laughs> uh, even uh, in the Big Ten National Championship, Purdue ran a fake flea flicker. Mm-hmm. So for a huge gain. Yeah. So just to run, they just ran it. Yeah, but he stops. He pretends to pitch it back, and then and then, every, and then he kept, he kept going, and he almost scored. Yeah, that's a trick play. I actually thought right. one's a trick. Keep it. Keep us on the the topic of football here, Tyler. Light a candle. Well, it's pretty appropriate that we are lighting a candle because this is more of a, a sad one. Uh, Matt Ryan got <laughs> he he earned the ones himself lost. Yeah, <laughs> basically, we got to pour one out for Matt Ryan because he is now the owner of two records oh. for the biggest loss in a Super Bowl um, after the the twenty eight to three lead he, they held over the New England Patriots. But now he's also the owner of the biggest comeback loss um in the regular season as well 33 to nothing and they lost by uh, by a field goal so this guy died weeks ago he he's still dead but he's uh just you gotta light one up for matt ryan he's light he's one up hole. yeah he's, he's, <laughs> smoke him if he's, you got him for matt ryan <laughs> he, he is now a record holder in in two different categories two-time record holder but for the pr- worst possible records so matt ryan i'm sorry you're dead um good luck next week when <laughs> when, when your coaching unravels, yeah. <laughs> when your corpse is trotted out on for this, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jeff Saturday can only do so much. So, oh my God! All right, I'll wrap up the show. I'm lighting a candle for an email that I came across recently. So, I'm kind of hesitant to share this, but I'm going to share it anyway. Uh, any, anytime we give away something at the station, particularly tickets, we have to get their email and their address depending on where where the tickets are going. We have these virtual tickets for an event that's happening soon. And this we got this guy's email address and he goes, are you sure? It's, it's kind of long. You know, I'm sitting there, I'm listening. Like, hey man, what's your email? Are you, are you sure? It's kind of a long one. I was like, yeah, no, we need them because they're, they're digital tickets and I have to you know, send them to you. He goes, all right. Uh, you could hear the reluctancy in his voice. <laughs> so my 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 uh, my email is G, uh huh, spot. Okay, karaoke DJ. <laughs> this man, this grown man, was like, yeah. I was like, I read it back to him. I'm like, okay, so your email is. G spot karaoke DJ at whatever he goes. Yeah, I made it when I was younger. <laughs> oh, wait, he's not even that's not actually his thing. I think it is because his name started with a G. Wait, hold on. I that was his DJ name. DJ. I got to look this guy up and see D- DJ G spot. <laughs> well, I want to know what his producer tag sounds like. <laughs> Wait, I'm so God, I can't even do this. I can't. I can't make. 
Oh, Rockford, Illinois. Here we go. This is an active. Oh, God. I don't want to dox this guy. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Guy, no. I don't know the guy's name. I just found a thing that's called G Spot Karaoke and DJ. It's all the stuff that we already had at our information. Um, I, I, I think that's I think that's kind of fun, actually. It's a sketchy email address. Tyler, I need oh, I need a producer tag on this. I know you get your own record label and everything. I need to hear what this might sound like. Oh. <laughs> DJ <G> spot. <laughs> like that's where my head went first. <laughs> Wait, so also karaoke and DJ are two very different things, right? Oh, yes, they are. Other people singing. DJ is you putting on the music. So how can you be a karaoke DJ? Mm. Is that a thing? It is for G spot. <laughs> wow. Did not expect that uh, this is. Musical industry professional named this guy lied his ass off. This guy, this guy actively uses this email because he's got over 30 years of experience. Also, what kid would come up with this? What kid's gonna be like, I'm gonna make a fake email where I'm a karaoke D? It wasn't wasn't a kid, he said he made it when he was younger. Oh, younger, younger. Okay, I, I interpreted that as like some like. 13 year old kid like i'm gonna make an email address I'm like what 13 year old is gonna make g-spot carry this is still a thing undoubtedly undoubtedly there is somebody out there right now with an email that is just awful just so bad i made sure when i was young that i would never make that mistake because you've heard of like i don't this wasn't somebody's decision but i remember reading something one time that uh, a university the way that they're emails were formatted it was last name and first two letters of the first name at whatever university a lot of them do that this girl's name was megan finger Mm. so her email was Mm. finger me at whatever like that's bad but that's not her fault (laughs) especially when the domain name is also a location that's not great You're actually giving a place. It's like finger me at Michigan State. <laughs> um, I, I had a friend. I'm not going to say it here because it, it's not. Oh. Great. I'm not going to say the friends anymore. The email, but I did have somebody when I was younger that they said their email. And I'm like, what? And they're like, oh, it's kind of funny. I'm like, no, that's not funny. That's messed up. Like, you don't, you don't want to live with that. Yeah, you got to think you about. You have to give things. us the email now. No, 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 not in there. No, Is it no, still no. an active I, email? Well, I don't know. I would be concerned to find out. Yes, I would imagine no, but not. And I, I just I'm driving home the point that they do exist. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. All right. So, well, so the, the big important takeaway is make sure you see G-Spot Karaoke and DJ at the car show at Rockford Speedway, November 6th. <laughs> I'm going to get in so much trouble if this actually blows up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it kind of sounds sounds good i mean it's promotional you know what fuck it it's promotional uh all right we're almost at an hour 40 we got to wrap this thing up this is episode 14 of hanging banners i'm ryan sartori that's jack coachman that's tyler witt and we are the best of friends and uh tyler punishment episode coming soon jack this is the last time we talk until late late tonight so uh may the best man win and also uh fuck you so we will sign off here Episode 14. Thanks for hanging. We'll see you next week. Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah. Merry Christmas, Jack. That would be a good thing to say on a Christmas episode. Merry Christmas. And also happy Hanukkah to anybody else out there.
Oh, See you. Thanks, right? The winter solstice is coming up. Festivus is on the way. All the big holidays. Quantum. We're out of here. See you guys. Okay, great. Thanks a lot for that look in sports, Brian. Yeah. And when we come back, we'll have one final look at weather. Stay tuned.